This is why you're the best. Hey. This is why you're the best, dude. Episode 57. Episode 57. And we're alone. Yeah. the Both producers had some stuff come up tonight, so we ride in solo, dolo, duo. Duo. Duo, whoa. Duo, whoa. Fuck it. Duo, whoa. <laughs> duo, whoa. Hi, how you doing, dude? I fucking missed you, bro. You were on vacation. Yeah, I was outie. Oh, fucking every single day I was like, Damn. I want to talk to Ace? He's on vacation. He's fucking unplugged, kinda, and he's like just out there. I f- you hit me. You met. You called me, and I didn't realize you called me. Mm-hmm. And I, and I was like, and there was a point, like two days went by, and I had sent a text, and then I hit Philly cheesesteak, and I was like, I was like, have you heard from Ace? Like, is everything good? Like, I just want to know, like, if something happened or whatever if he's good like and he's like oh yeah he's on vacation i was like ah dope 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 that's probably why he was calling me he was probably about to like tell me like hey man i'm about to go on vacation so like you might not hear from me for a while or whatever (laughs) like you're shaking your head yeah (laughs) yeah i was like all right all right all right all right i just wanted to check and make sure like he was all good like all right dope 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 yeah we we was all good Yo, I found this, um, I got taken to this waterfall in Paris, um, Maine. I'm about to say. Called out. Damn, he went on vacation, vacation. (laughs) Nah, 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 nah. They ain't letting your boy leave the country. Um, but anywho, uh, called Snow Falls. Okay. Pretty, pretty wild, powerful little waterfall, and the waterfall kind of goes through an old mill ruin. Mm-hmm. Dope. I, I love finding spots like that. So I was like looking into what the name of the waterfall, like why the waterfall was named Snow Falls, and it was named after um, a colonel, I believe, a colonel or a general, um, and his last name was Snow. Mm. And um, and that's where he died. 
That is where he died. Jesus Christ. They called it Snow Falls. Yeah. No. He got... Um, Did he lose a battle? He got ambushed by natives. Oh, no. I mean, well, I guess depending on whose side. <laughs> Woohoo? Or, oh, no. <laughs> well, you know, that's the ancestors. Up, but up to I don't want interpretation. Nobody to, I don't want nobody to die, you know? Yeah. That's um, crazy. I was just goofing. Yeah, so they like they set up a camp there because they were setting up like a mill, and um, oh, that was their first mistake. This is like colonial time, and a band of um, natives had came came down from Canada, and they were kind of like um, kind of running through all the colonial like uh, homesteads and whatnot. Yeah, as yeah. on their way down. Um, so as he as the the natives were um, about to like go into the tent the dude that was with him who uh had a lot to do with the start of the town there uh he like screamed out to warn him that they were there and uh when he came out the tent he had his musket and he acted like he was going to surrender and um when the one native got close to him he shot him but that was like just going out with a fight because as soon as he shot and killed that native, the rest of the natives jumped on him and killed him, cut him all up. Woo! But from that story, um, the leader of the of that group of natives had uh, had an eagle, a headdress. Yeah, and it was an eagle, eagle over his head, and then the wings came down with the talons. And the guy who watched his friend be cut up in pieces by natives was describing watching that eagle move as they were killing the man. And yeah. it said he said, like, the eagle came to life. Like, it was actually alive. Like, it was the eagle. It was so crazy. It was like the eagle was killing him. You want to know what's, like, really dope about all the stories of, like, Native Americans shitting on colonists and like just I'm pretty sure this movie wasn't that historically accurate but like to just use it as fodder to explain a point uh the patriot like okay. guerrilla warfare yeah uh what's so dope about that whole concept in general too is like uh it shows you that even if a group of people has like quote unquote better technologies it might not always matter and like i think about that like when we talk about aliens yeah it's like what if we just know how to like scrap though yeah, <laughs> like yeah. what if they're just not really used to scrapping like right. we are like like colonists pulled up and the natives was like y'all fucked up like we know how to scrap like well listen i got a thought about that um because because yeah. aliens could be peaceful people and we're just like nah fuck it yesterday i went to uh the hancock massacre house mm. in selm county and uh we got there i guess at a right time because the guy who worked in there Overseas, I guess, keeps the house or whatever. Yeah. Um, he asked if we wanted to get go in, have a free tour of the house. Awesome. So he took us in there. Oh, it was so dope. But 
there was a massacre that occurred there during the revolutionary times. And I think a big reason that that massacre happened there that night was because um, the group of uh, Queens Rangers, what they really wanted more than anything at that moment was to get to Bridgeton and Greenwich so they can make the citizens pay for the tea burning that they did a few years prior in Greenwich. So they marched down and Salem didn't really put up a fight. Um, there was a lot of loyalists to the crown in Salem. And whack. It was, there's only eight miles of woods of forest in between Salem and like Greenwich and Bridgeton. Uh, so they wouldn't have had to travel you very fucking far. Royalists. And uh, there was about 1,500 of their men. And Quentin at the Quentin Bridge, they were trying. That was one of the ways to cross the river. And uh, fifteen hundred of their men, Queens Rangers, three hundred of our militia, just regular farming motherfuckers with muskets. Yeah. And they were able to fight, keep them back from crossing the river. And so he knew he couldn't get over that way. He couldn't get down at the other bridge. So they came up the the last way, and there's like a whole massacre that happened. A bunch of people died. A bunch of people. I feel like we drove prisoners. by that place one time, and you point and you pointed. It was like on the right hand side, like a monument, not a monument, but like a stone or something. Yeah, but he uh, after the massacre or whatever, they never continued on to Greenwich and Britain. The during the Revolutionary War. The British never got here to Cumberland County, and in the um, in the dude's journal, they found his journal. Um, he writes that like if the American militia, I'm gonna put it in my own words because I like it better in my own words. Do it up. If the American militia had the balls to meet me in the open field, I'd spank them. Mm. But because They'll only fight us in the forest, and we can't compete with their guerrilla warfare. We're not copium. Gonna, we're not going to go copium to Bridgeton and Greenwich. This dude's coping hard. Yeah, he's coping. He knew he just. You mean y'all suck? Y'all doing some dumb shit? Oh, you mean you're mad you lost? Like <laughs> you're mad? That's what it's like. Oh, dude, it, it it always goes back to like uh, fucking like. War crimes. Yeah. Like, bro, like, people are killing each other, bro. At the end of the day, if somebody's in your face, like, about to kill you, I feel like all war crimes, I'm not condoning war crimes. Terrible. Like, some of the most terrible ways to die. But, like, that moment where someone has a knife on your throat, war crimes don't exist anymore. Like, you're literally, it's life or death, period. Like... I can't imagine, but I think about that a lot, man. That's probably um, a pretty frequent meditation that I have where I really think about that because, bro, that's ego. I think the British it, had ego. I think it's like, I think it's like a good, a, a way to keep good balance. When I start to like really feel sorry for myself or like 
I start feeling that victim mentality like rise up in me. I'm like literally even with my worst problems like I'm most likely living out heaven on earth because there's people alive right now in this very moment who are definitely living in hell. I mean, I just think of like all the kids in those worn uh those war-stricken countries like they're just dying left and right. They had no choice in the matter. They were born there like it has yep. nothing to do with them, and it's like they're living that right now. And they, and you want to talk about hope, finding hope, keeping hope, anything with hope. Like, what do you? What can you tell a little kid like that? Like, what hope do they even have? Like, they ain't got no kind of hope. They don't know what the fuck's gonna happen. What and do, for a lot of them, nothing happens. I'm not trying to speak speak for them, but there are some conversations and like people who do visit those areas, and. I feel like you see this even in area, like in any area like where people are suffering from poverty. Yeah. Uh the why why does it always feel like the people who are suffering always find the most hope? Like it's like the like this the not dumb. The the smallest things are like the most wonderful like blessings. Yeah. Like just the little things like Cause the hope is like, it's fucking terrible. It's so terrible. Like I'm trying, I'm not trying to put a good spin on it, but no, having no, family, who, having family who've been sent away, like they, f they found hope in like the tiniest things when like all is bleak. Like it's something we do as humans. Yeah. I feel like we, we, we've somehow tap into this like hope mechanism, like these little, little fucking things end up becoming like huge instrumental things. Like they give you hope. I know like I'm discovering through all the myths that I've been like kind of digging into that it's crazy how these stories we fight, we kill each other over debating if they're if they're truth or not, if they really happen or not. But what's crazy is, let's just talk about the Judeo culture. A big part of why their culture has been able to be preserved through centuries and centuries, even through all the, <clears throat> uh, all the, centuries that they spent in captivity their their culture was able to be preserved because of the Torah and because of these like these stories because the the Bible and the Torah and all that was originally oral stories and passed down orally through the families and stuff and a big a big important reason for them to always memorize the stories and always tell the stories and always practice the stories and to always follow all the laws that were in the Torah was because that was the only way for that culture to be preserved through all the captivity where there was another culture that was strangling them and, and forcing their ways onto them. So through like these these stories and shit, the, the whole culture was able to be preserved. Mm -hmm. And now I forget why the fuck we even got here. Hope. Hope. So 
I guess hope if it doesn't do anything, it at least preserves cultures. Absolutely. I feel like that's a big reason why, like, in Estonian culture, things are the way they they are. Or, like, people, like, Estonian youth are very familiar with the culture because it gets taught to them, like, immediately at a young age. Yeah. And, like, not even necessarily, like, taught, but, like, singing is a thing. Mm. And, like, everyone sings. Like, it doesn't... there is no bad singing. Like you just sing yeah. and like you're taught to sing as a kid and you sing these songs kind of like every country does. But like, there's like a fucking singing festival every four years. And there's that huge fucking auditorium that projects out onto the field. And there's like 15,000 people all singing at the same time. These songs about like, uh, Estonian freedom and independence and the what it took to get there and the the same things that like so many countries sing about like the motherland and this and that and whatnot but it's like a very important part of the culture and uh those things keep the culture going yeah. like even when people don't want to learn about it it preserves it you know what I mean? Yeah. Back to the um, just the the war-stricken children in those countries and all this stuff. Um, I wanted to say that I don't really know how to explain it too much, but there is some type of freedom that comes out of suffering on different levels. So I don't know if maybe that's something because you said like a lot of uh, folks still find a, a special kind of happiness, even, hope, yeah, through all that and and I think maybe maybe that that is just a by product of of suffering. Those people are suffering greatly. There's no arguing how much they're suffering. Like for sure, they are suffering greatly. Let me get one of those liquid death stop. Thank you. For sure, they're suffering. It's so unimaginably, like, that we could never put it in the words. If I'm going to use somebody who suffered a lot less, like my mom, who grew up under Soviet occupation, and for the most part was, like, pretty oblivious to the fact of, like, the oppression that she was suffering because she grew up in it. You know what I mean? Like so that like it was normal to her? Yeah. Like, okay. she just thought that's, like, how it was. Yeah. So, like, you don't even know. Like, for her, she didn't even know things were bad. Like, for her, the one of the biggest things she wanted her whole life was to have a doll. That was it. To have a doll. So, like, that's kind of like, uh, you could expound upon that to see the point I'm trying to make. But, like. The littlest thing, something so simple. And then you look at America and it's like kids today have like fucking like 20 dolls or like yeah. 40 dolls. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's just like or $100 dolls. And it's like my mom just wanted a doll, like a single doll, any doll. And that would have like that's the one thing that she always wanted as a kid. 
So it's just depending on your situation, I feel like a lot perspective changes a lot. Yeah. And it's a And those people when they make it out of those situations are some of the most powerful like world shattering people you'll probably ever meet because like their tolerance for what they can endure and deal with and whatnot is so beyond anything any of us could ever comprehend that they just breeze through life once they ma- once they make it out if they make it out you see that all the time like people who've suffered great deals yeah once they make it out they're like what this this I mean, you just even see it with the older generations. Be like, I used to have to walk 15 miles uphill and downhill just to get, you know what I mean? Like, this is how it is. It sounds so terrible to put a spin on the fucking, those terrible parts of the world that are dealing with so much suffering to be like, it makes you stronger. But if they do make it out, like, those are the people to follow because they'll lead you somewhere magical like they'll pave the way to something you can't even imagine you know what i mean yeah and just do it just from their own stride not even because they're trying because that's just how like powerful you become once you make it out of those situations yeah like just as you walk through life you pave the way (laughs) yeah it's insane um that that leads me to a thought yeah uh Ooh, this might be a deep rabbit hole, but maybe not. Okay. Um, so, for philanthropy, philanthropy. Philan? Do you? Good. Nah. Go ahead. <laughs> no. How you say that <laughs> fucking word, dog? <laughs> philanthropy. Nah. This is this is great because I feel like I fuck up words all the time too. Um, philanthropy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um I got to learn a little bit about that last week because um I was reading about George Peabody. You familiar with George Peabody? I know of P P berries, P P the, the beans, coffee beans. Nah, man. P P P berry, P I forget. Maybe it is Peabody. My brain's not working after today. It's been a long day. <laughs> That's all right. Um, I was reading about this guy, and uh, there's a lot of um, institutions and libraries and museums and schools that uh, he left a lot of money to to create. And um, so you'll see, like, the Peabody, Peabody Institution. You see, like, that shit all over the place, especially. I feel in, like there's an award. Maybe. I don't know. It just sounds like familiar. He um he's got some shit down in Baltimore and up in New England. Well, even all over the country and he was uh he was one of two Americans to ever be uh given a proper funeral and burial at um West Abington. Okay. Um but eventually he ended up being brought home and given a resting place here in his at his home. But he has an interesting story. Father passes away when he's like 11. He has uh, 
a half a dozen siblings. So at 11, he has to quit school and um, get a day job, whatever a day job means in the early 1800s. Yeah, I think about that sometimes. And uh, just through those struggles, um, he he was very successful. He he became a, a really big businessman. He had a lot to do with um, the building up of America through debts and investments and stuff between England and, and America. J.P. Morgan, Chase, and two other banks I can't remember the names of, they all can trace their company back to this Peabody's original banking company. Um, wow. And... But... Where I'm going with all this is that he was self-made and he was self-taught and he became one of the richest Americans at the time. And because of like that sadness he carried with him over the fact that he had to quit school and he had to work to take care of his family Mm. and that he was never, never able to have the opportunity to have a proper education. Mm -hmm. He, um, he left a lot of money. I think about $8 million of his time, which is equivalent to about $158 million of today's money. Mm-hmm. Um, he left that for uh, private institutions to educate people who were less fortunate. And um, there's a... Dang, I can't think of the name of it now. Over in England, they have a memorial because they have... Um, there's a uh, damn what the I, I don't know what the hell they call it, but he set this thing up in England, where uh, and he left a lot of money to it, where they um they basically uh, find homes for low income folks, and uh, I think. The program has housed like 40,000 people. Damn. But it's still continuing today. It's like over 100 years old. Having lasting effects. Yeah. But he doesn't get the credit of being the father of that big word we both had a hard time pronouncing. (laughs) But the guy that they do call the father of that, George Peabody, was his inspiration that got him into those things. That led me to this this other thought because there was a whole list of these folks, these self-made millionaires who believed in like creating these institutions and opportunities for the less fortunate so they could have a better playing position. There was some other people on the list that like really had me scratching my head because... Uh, Rockefeller was on that list. Bill Gates was on that list. Um, and a handful of other folks. But, like, when it came to those particular multimillionaires, billionaires now, like, it just confused me to be reading something about how, like, these particular rich men, like, really, really valued education and thought that it should be fair that everyone got, like, a decent education. But then, like, 
all you hear about the Rockefeller family is the Illuminati. Everyone's like, Illuminati, Illuminati, yeah. yeah. You know, like, what the fuck? Yeah. Well, uh, uh, there's a lot of different reasons for that, I'm sure. Like, I mean, even Bill Gates. Bill Gates does a lot of philanthropy. He's done a lot of uh, money to countries, given a lot of money to countries that don't have access to, like, medication or vaccines or all that stuff so yeah like that's one of his contributions yeah um yeah sometimes you just philanthropy is a tricky one because sometimes the problem is i don't know i don't know how to take philanthropy from people once they've made it so big like i need to see a paper like a distinguished paper trail from like the beginning Mm. because i feel like it's very easy to do philanthropy when you have a lot of money and then utilize it as a tax write-off yeah and it'd be like I'm doing good. I mean, yeah, you're doing good, but like, is the intent to do good or is the intent to like have a tax write off? Right. I mean, two birds, one stone, I guess. I don't know. It feels like it devalues it in some way. Like, uh, mm-hmm. like I value more the person who skips their meal to provide a meal for somebody else than I do value the billionaire who gave x hundreds of thousands of dollars to a charity because they could and they fucking don't even they wouldn't even notice if that money disappeared last night anyways you know what i mean i don't know it's just from like the place that it comes from like i guess yeah i mean the part the billionaire is still doing good for the for the world in that sense Mm-hmm. But the the weight of what they're doing, like where it comes from, I think is different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like if you would have give the be if I were to be given the opportunity to talk with the Bill Gates of the world, you know, we look at people with that amount of money and it's like, bro, why don't you do anything to alleviate suffering, some suffering? You know that that's going to be their response is like, oh, I do do stuff. This is what I do. This is about to be like so terrible what I'm about to say, probably. But sometimes I also wonder with like these super wealthy people, like specifically uh, super wealthy Americans. uh, If you... I almost feel like I could do the mental gymnastic in my head where it's like using their own argument of saying America is the best. Yeah. If you think America is the best in the world and believe it, why aren't you using that money to help Americans? What do you mean? Like using that money to fund something that would significantly change the course of suffering for Americans. Because if you think America is the best and you do that, 
And those people then have time or energy or health to improve America. That effect on its own should have a big enough effect to then outwardly impact the rest of the world, too. Yeah. No? No, you're right. Like, so, according to your logic, like, but they don't. Yeah. So, that's, it's like such a super niche argument, but, like, that's the kind of shit that I think about. I'm like, well, it's like, back to the last podcast episode we talked about, like, if, uh, I think we talked about, like, uh, if they could solve any one problem in the world. Like, I think unlimited energy, like solving energy would be the biggest global benefit change to the world. First of all, we could instantly, if we wanted to, make regulations to stop all fossil fuel emissions. If we figured out a real way to have limitless energy, are you kidding me? So one, we just save the planet. So you saved everybody. We already saw that problem. Now, oh, well, now you can also remove energy bill costs for everybody. Yeah. Oh, and now you, you can also remove energy crisis for anyone. People that are maybe going to suffer from heat or too cold or, you know what I mean? So they have heat. And so now you solve that, too, for all the elderly and uh, unable, like uh, un- people who are unable to... Uh, take care of those matters for themselves and whatnot. So then that's even more suffering solved. And then limitless abundant energy. Oh, well now you can provide energy for all the parts of the world that don't have access to it. And absolutely revolutionize like their ability to have a a sustained society where they don't have to go through the fossil fuel industrial era like them, like we did. And they can experience the magic of like what it was to have electricity on a switch like as much access as possible transportation everything like you could literally revolutionize the entire world and alleviate so much suffering like that like that then that alone would save so much money that you could put it towards all the all the extra money Mm -hmm. that's well you probably also are attacking then uh in a way you're indirectly helping people with food because if they don't have to spend money on energy and worrying about keeping the heat on or keeping you know uh mom and pops cool in the house because it's like 100 degrees out or whatever you know what i mean like well now they have a little bit more money for groceries or like anything dude I mean, like, it has its own, like, rippling compound effect, like, uh, compounding effects across everything. Yeah. I don't know. I think about that shit. I'm like, there's there's some things that I think that could just be solved, and they just don't. I don't know. I'll be having the same thoughts, man. Sometimes I wonder. I sit there and get real with myself. Like, would you do anything? If you had that much money, or would you be doing the same shit that they're doing? That's what I really try well, to I know, myself. I know I would do something. Because all my business ideas have have charity, quote-unquote charity, charity or donations already incorporated into, like, the business model. Mm. So when I go live, it's 
gonna be like that from the rip before I'm even at that point. Yeah. So it's gonna be a model built off of that. Mm. So there's no room to be like, am I gonna do it or am I not gonna do it? No, it just is. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it just is. Fucking, I said it earlier, England, ego. They had an ego. That's ego. Yeah. The reason why they got fucked up, the reason why the colonists got fucked up by the natives, the reason why England got fucked up by the colonists is ego. They were like, we have to go out in this field and fight this particular way because this is the upstanding thing to do. <laughs> that's fucking ego. That's If that's not the definition of fucking ego, dude, they're like, I can't believe they're not fucking following the rules. <laughs> so uncivilized. Like, that's fucking ego. Point blank, period. That's fucking ego. And they're getting their ass whooped. And they're like, they're not even following the rules. <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? That's probably, that's literally like the fall of one of the most powerful empires at the time. Just because of ego. Yeah. Like, imagine they just off rip adapted to how we were how we were fighting the like the ways that we learned from the natives like uh, utilizing guerrilla warfare and whatnot instead of like playing all these dumb games like war games yeah war chess are you kidding me like i just think about like how much how how long did it take them to be like all right we gotta this isn't working here like they probably like what I wonder what the numbers are. Did they lose like half of all their armies before they were like, you know what? This isn't working out. We should try a new approach. Like it's a little late. Yeah. You just lost half of all your manpower. That's a big deal. That's a big deal to hold ego uh, until you're like, maybe we're fucking up. Cause I feel like that's what it is. I mean, fuck they fucking wore the wigs cause of ego too. They were, they didn't want everyone to fucking know they had like fucking syphilis. Right. That that what I don't know if that was the reason they wore them, but it was uh it, it definitely contributing a factor. Yeah, facts, big facts. Ego, ego, it's all ego. Everything is ego. It's so crazy. Yeah, they should have smoked more pot. <laughs> England know, shouldn't have been so bent out about the tea, and they should have been hoarding the pot. You know what's crazy about that is that uh they discovered that like on George Washington's farm. In Virginia, mm-hmm. like he grew hemp, he harvested hemp. A lot of those early farmers harvested hemp. Yeah, there was a lot of uh, uses that he had for him. What's well, still even crazy to fucking think that, like, literally, not that long ago, they weren't getting high from it though. They were using it f- they were using hemp for other things like rope and and cord and stuff like that. Literally, not that long ago. People, like, fucking weed was not a federal crime. Yeah. Like, in very recent history. Like, that was a very recent thing. Like, that was, like, it just, there's, like, one or two generations, kind of, that were born in the era of it being, like, a schedule one drug. And then before that, it just wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) And everyone's like, weed's so bad. Like, gotta sneak around for weed. I mean, and there was a time where it just wasn't like that at all. I think the earliest 
LSD was discovered by accident. And I think the earliest per, like record we have of someone using it was 1955 by like the 1970s. That shit was a schedule one drug. In less than 20 years, it was discovered, experimented with, and made a schedule one drug like bam, bam, bam. You go and look at all the old eras of anything like society, music, art, expression, and you can just see that they were having way more fun, probably because there was more drugs, I'm not going to lie. I mean, just look at the art, the style, the music, dancing, just in general. Yeah. And then you look at it now, and there's like none of that. Like you're not the only thing that I, right now, what it really feels like, because everything has been made so inaccessible, although now weed's starting to make its comeback. Mm-hmm. What you see right now in this, like, 1990 to no like the 2000 to 2023 is like that um 2020 is like the alcohol era Mm. like all that stuff is like a reflection of drinking like you get all like all the club mixes and everything like you think about it that's what the culture has been is like the going out like club stuff style and it used to be like that too, but there's a difference. Like the vibe that you get is very alcohol focused, but that's also like the only thing that's been allowed. But then you go back to old music, even just like old rock and roll and anything else. It's not it, man. There's a lot of a lot of other stuff going on. <laughs> a lot of other stuff going on. A lot of that went away. I got a uh, interview coming up. In the next week. On the Ace Ford podcast? Yeah. He's a uh, rock and roll enthusiast. Check it out on Spotify. Facts. Rock and roll enthusiast. Yeah. I can't wait to chop it up with him, bro. He's like... I can't put a number on how many live rock and roll concerts he's attended. Dope. uh, He has like all the old Spectrum. Spectrum's not even there no more. Philadelphia. The Spectrum tickets and shit. Yo, that shit. That's going to be a nice episode. I look forward to it. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. This Friday, the first episode drops. Yeah. With uh, you and Cal? Or no. Wait, didn't you record an episode with Cal? Yeah, that's the one dropping. Okay. So, the listeners listening right now. Yeah. It dropped two days ago. Ah, go check it out on the Ace Ford podcast. Yeah. Link in the, we could actually even put a link in the Spotify description to the Ace Ford podcast so that if you guys want to go check out that episode that just dropped two days ago, technically from the day you're listening to this, you can just drop into our description and it'll be there and you can jump over and check out Ace's podcast with Cal. Hell yeah. Appreciate that, bro. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Um fucking i can't wait to listen to that one i can't wait dude i'm so excited this is a good this is a good episode it's gonna be so nostalgic hell yeah bro i sent you a thing on uh 
Oh yeah, you did. On uh, in, in regards to this uh, that little noise right there. All right, let me ask you this question. All right. You know, you know this noise. Yeah. This is Lil Wayne noise. Yeah. I mean, it's a lighter noise, but it's the lighter flick, like the the iconic, like the. That that fucking little that little moment that little moment of magic, yeah, yeah, that's iconic. You know where else? You know where else that noise was? Where? Early bro therapy episodes. Yes, it was. I, I yes, it was. Yes, yeah. it was. We should bring that back. We need to find a way to bring that back. Well, we haven't had a studio since then that we could smoke inside. There, of. <laughs> there's a that's on the fucking yo. We gotta go check out the smoke shop. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell yeah, there's a dope, dope ass, dope ass uh, spot. A couple towns over. I wanna. Uh, I haven't been yet. We're supposed to go check it out. Yeah, I wanna get a piece for the pod. Damn, dude, I fucking uh, like. Uh, I avoid doing it. I avoid doing it. Like, I wanna get an edible so bad, and it's just like, but it calls to me. It calls to me. I don't know why it calls. I feel so good when I. I feel so in tune when I don't, but I feel so in tune when I do. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I think Joe Rogan actually puts it really well. Um, which is crazy because, like, I, I don't agree with Joe Rogan that much, but I agree with him on this. Um, It sh- should be used as a tool or an enhancer. Yeah. And when it's used correctly as a tool or an enhancer, it's amazing. The problem is, is when it's used for everything and anything. And not necessarily even it being a problem, but for some people. And for me, I can't use it for everything. Like I have to, I have to hold myself to a standard where I use it specifically to answer like if I'm if I run into a wall with something like where I find weed to be useful is when I'm at a at a wall, I don't know how to address a problem anymore and I'm like, "All right, we need to take new approaches. We need to tackle this with something new." That's where it comes in. Like it's like, "All right, we're going to think of like some new ways to think about this. We're going to we're going to we're going to consult the <laughs> consult the inner self uh, in a way. But it it's true. It's true. Even just scientifically speaking, like scientifically speaking. Oh, look at me want to sound smart. Um <laughs> the weed's ability to let your brain communicate with different parts that it normally doesn't have access to, right? The cross communication. That I feel like is a very underappreciated aspect of its tooling ability for you to be able to problem solve like situations or questions that you have for yourself that normally uh you might not be able to answer, but when you give your brain the opportunity to cross communicate with the different parts of the brain using a tool like weed Sometimes you can answer those fucking questions with the creative solution that you didn't think you could think of. Yeah. Or you literally might have not been able to think of because your brain's separating itself. 
right? Like those those compart those parts of the brain that are compartmentalized just don't normally communicate with each other. Um and then on the other end of that too, uh as an enhancer, come on dog, we don't need to talk about like this just we could leave it at it can make situations a lot more enjoyable um great experiences like it's an enhancer it's mm -hmm. a it's a situation enhancer um sometimes you don't want the situation to be enhanced by it that's cool sometimes you do that's cool too it's not like it's like I feel I really do put it in the same boat as alcohol. Like I'm not trying to be drunk all the time either. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to be drunk all the time. So and I feel like that's really how weed should be like uh talked about in common discourse. But people don't want to talk about it like that. They put it somewhere like even spookier than alcohol. Which is crazy because like I would much if I was given the choice, I would much rather be high most of the time than drunk. Are you fucking kidding me? Drunk? Yeah, I don't really care. Good fucking luck. But even just good luck operating in life drunk yeah. all the time. Yeah. Good luck. I mean, it's not it. It's not the move. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like alcohol is so dangerous. I, and I've been around alcohol, family of alcoholics, dad was an alcoholic, like just alcoholics out the wazoo. I've been around so many alcoholics my whole life. Alcohol is a fucking bitch. Yeah. That is not something to one. mess around with. It's definitely a tough one. Um, I got this little story for you. What oh, you we mean? were supposed to play the Lil Wayne thing. Oh, yeah. Wait, is this part of the, you said little story, is this, are you like piggybacking off of what I'm saying? Yeah, kind of. Oh, right. Um. So in the past, I've had okay. In the past, I've had psychedelic experiences, and when I've had psychedelic experiences, um, I really dig going to um, graveyards. I, you like to get in tune with the dead. Yeah. Um. It probably has more to do with like history, historical right. reasons than like spiritual reasons. But, like, it's just, there's no real rhyme or reason to it. It's just kind of something that goes hand in hand. Maybe I just enjoy walking cemeteries to begin with for history reasons or photography reasons. And Keep telling yourself that, man. Having the psychedelics <laughs> is just locks me in, fo focus more with those things on those adventures. But um, what if the ghosts are speaking history to you and you don't even know it? They're in your brain. This one time I had a psychedelic experience, and I went to a graveyard, a historic graveyard, and um, I went to the memorial stones of all the innocent victims that were uh, executed for the witch trials. And this is about to get crazy. I'm getting chills. I, uh... Nothing nothing really happened there. It was just, man, that shit was sad. That shit was so sad. You could just feel how sad it was. And um, 
hysteria is a fucking tragedy, man. But I went into what's even worse is the people that whip it up. Yeah, those are evil people. I went into a uh, a witchcraft store. It was called the Pentagram, and uh, it was really dope. It was really dope, and it's kind of like a two leveled store, like a half a level. So when you walk in the front door, you have like all the novelty things and the cashier, and um. Oh, it just smells so nice from all the herbs and all the ingredients for mm-hmm. potions and stuff. And the sage and all the incense. Uh, it just, oh. It you were at home. A, it was such a good feeling. And I'm like looking around. I'm like, I'm liking the vibe here. It's nice. And I go up to the second half, the half a, half a level up there. And up there they have all the Ouija boards and all the how-to fortune books and in the back of that room they have like cubby rooms with a curtain that goes across like three of them and inside of those are uh fortune tellers and future readers and palm readers and stuff and when i got up to that second level that energy yeah i could feel it that Mm. shit was that shit was like just you entered the bubbles it i could feel that shit i could feel like all i know i just felt like magnetic energy just kind of like pressing down on me i'm like it was like i'm saying like a lot because i can't think of the right words well yeah we we actually dude we fucking figured it out last episode i think we said or i said or we said uh, I think I said it. Who said it is irrelevant, but I'm trying to give context, so that's why I pointed out, and that's how my brain works. Um, we say like a lot because we're trying to describe things that are feelings, and the feelings are kind of indescribable. So there's a lot of inferring and interpretation that has to happen. Because the words themselves don't actually describe the feeling. It's like a, it's so like liquid. Yeah. It's not as solid as a word. That's, that's facts. Anyway. It was was pressing you. I had to get the fuck out of there. (laughs) (laughs) I had to just fucking dipped. I left up out of that store because the, 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 the pressure was, it was just coming down too hard. And liquid death sponsor us. I, I get outside the store and we go into another store and I ask my one friend, I'm like, yo, did you feel anything when we went into that store? And he's like, nah, nah, it was cool in there though. Like nothing. And then like, um, 20 minutes later, we all kind of like meet up. All the friends meet up kind of yeah. together at another part. And my other friend, Jamie, she's like, yo, that one store we went in at the first time, the the first one, I started feeling shit in there. I had to get the fuck out of there. I was like, yo, me too, bro. Yo. <laughs> I was validated. I, I knew I was feeling something up in there. Yeah. 
And I'm not inferring that it was evil or good. I'm not saying any type of shit like that. All I'm saying is the wah, 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 Yeah, you want to know what? Wah, I was, it's that funny. feeling it's funny. was too much for me. It's funny that you said you weren't inferring that it was evil because, like, right away in my mind, uh, fear of the unknown and uh, people get afraid when they're – experiencing something new and they're not in control and they're and instead of like right like talking about psychedelic trips like instead of letting go they fight it yeah and then it gets like real squirrely Yep. and i feel like that's everyone had that experience because you're not necessarily having a psychedelic trip but you're around kind of energies that are reminiscent of psychedelic trips like on the same wavelength. Yeah. And those energies like uh leach out into the reality. And when you're around it, you're like what the fuck's going on here? And your your reality self now who's like likes having control runs into that is like something's fucking not right. We got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> we'll ask questions later. Yeah. <laughs> Shit. But, yo, let's go back to this Lil Wayne thing, the lighter flick we were saying, early episodes of Birth Therapy. Yeah. Had, I, I want to say one thing on the, uh, you said uh, you, you like, taking the psychedelic walks in the cemetery and you went and saw the the victims and that shit felt heavy. Yeah. It, yo, that shit and felt it, right And there. this is going to sound woo-woo, but, like, we're woo-woo on this podcast, so fuck yeah. it. Yeah, fuck it, bro. Uh. Cause I do believe in energies and like, I don't know if I believe in life after death, but like the idea that like energies permeate reality, even after the absence of someone being gone is interesting, especially when talking about ghosts. Um, I feel like when we take psychedelics, you're kind of put in the plane, the same plane of existence as those energies. Um, whether or not you can like perceive them or not is a different question, but you definitely are more aware of their existence yeah which leads me to wonder like people would be like no you were high and your feelings about the situation were just coming to the forefront of your reality so that's why it felt so intense okay or the feelings of the time and the situation that those victims carried was so intense that like even when they were like the memorialized in their in their cemeteries in their graves even if their bodies aren't there like the the energy of it all still permeates yeah i believe it and that when you're on those types of things you're just in tune with recognizing it yeah and that's crazy to think about because i feel like that happens yeah. A lot. Since we're talking about it all anyway, I want I want to just t- say the moment where like that sadness really hit me when um George Burroughs was the guy's name and he was a reverend and he was one of the victims that was hung for being accused of being a witch or practicing witchcraft rather. Some. Quick backstory for anyone who doesn't know what the witch trials were about. A particular pastor, his daughter and niece 
started acting out and accusing people of being witches and practicing witchcraft. And the more they acted out and the more they accused people, the more hysteria it caused in the town. And the more the hysteria, the more the suffering. And um, the point where it, like, really hit me because I was, like, reading about it all, trying to get some, like, just some back research on it to know what I was, like, going to be checking out. And I read about his story. And the hysteria had gotten so bad to a point where a church reverend got accused of practicing witchcraft. And they hung him. And he literally outwardly cried his innocence all the way to his death. And while he was being hung, he was reciting the Lord's Prayer. Which was a turning point in this whole thing because it was believed at the time that a devil worshiper or someone who practiced witchcraft wasn't able to say the Lord's Prayer. And um, I think that that was a turning point for some people in in the story. But when I was standing in front of his his memorial stone... Yeah, that's when it, like, really, like, that sadness really hit me. Like, damn. And maybe I'm projecting here. That happens a lot because what am I to do? I'm human. But. Maybe our projections let us tune in, too. Because we're pro- when you project, you're putting that energy you feel on the on the objects around you, right? Yeah. So, like, in a, in a way, in your mind, you can imagine that, like, that energy is transferring. But, like, if it's of same energy, then you make a connection. I'm just throwing out random ideas. No, yeah, yeah. For, yeah, that's that's probably the case. But here's the projection. Can you imagine how forsaken he felt? As, as a man of the cloth, as a shepherd of Christ, and, like, to be completely innocent and just accused, like, on a whim, and to, like just be hoping and having so much faith in this this like this thing that you've you've invested your whole soul into and to just be like banking on that hope that salvation all the way up to your like last moment and during your last moment to still be like crying out for that hope like in my mind I'm thinking like that was like some real sadness that I felt like the damn like to feel forsaken in in my mind the things that like i start to ask questions about are um what was the average lifespan at the time like li- life expectancy mm-hmm. and then i wonder the second question is i wonder if that plays a role in people becoming hysterical quicker because when you think back through history, like all the religious wars and everything else, like I feel like it was a lot easier to whip people into hysteria because the average lifespan was like 30 or like 40, like less than 40. Like if you lived to 40, you were fucking old. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like uh, I feel like that plays a big role in the ability to whip people up into hysteria because life feels like it's so short. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then that, mm. like, when you, I feel like when you, in my head, for example, I'm like, oh, I'll live to 100. Why not? <laughs> like, I could live to 100. 
I feel like there's a weird kind of comfort in that because you know you still got time. Yeah. But if you like, if I was, you told me like thirty, I'm like fuck, I got three years left. <laughs> I got three years left. We're we're them witches. We better find them witches. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Shit. Uh, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I would be on the witches' side. They'd be burning me. All right, let's change the pace, man. Let's go back to this Lil Wayne stuff for like the third time. All right. Let's end on a positive note. Let's end on something like End on a positive note ain't no way. All right, so what's up with Lil Wayne? You sent me this little thing. What's up? Oh, I was going to ask you a question. Yeah. Where do you think that's from? Like, what do you think the story... Like, if you... If you were to... Put a. Maybe it's better if you just play the clip. Alright, let's go. I don't know how to ask this question. Light of flick come about. Shit, man, you know how to smoke. Yeah, no, it's, it's literally. It's on God. I would not lie to you, bro. It's, it's not a trademark. It's not a. Because if it was, we'd have it synced up on yeah, it, and I wouldn't yeah. even have to do it. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? So yeah. if you are listening to you can listen to every single one of the different, and the answer is simple and plain. If you're a Wayne fan, uh, you got, already got to know that I'm about to smoke during the verse. Mm-hmm. I'm lighting up for the verse. Right. And that's Cheers. the only re- Yeah, it's no. <laughs> Cheers, let's no go. Other, yeah, it's not a trademark. It's not a whole, classic. Yeah, it's not a Hold on, let me make sure I get my... So the point is Every single time you've ever heard In a song By Lil Wayne Every single one of those Is unique Yeah Because every single one that you hear Is literally him Recording that song, like sparking up. There's not a single song of Lil Wayne's where you hear a lighter flick where it's the same lighter flick because all of them are unique situations where he was sparking up. Yeah. That's that's a lot. Yeah, man. A lot of lighter flicks. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I don't know. I was just so happy to hear that. For some reason, I was just like, oh, dude, Wayne's such a goat. <laughs> Wayne's such a goat. That's such a goat thing. It's just take, such a goat to thing. To take something so mundane and make it art, like a lighter flick. That became it's not even, he didn't art even, tr- he didn't even try it. Yeah, he didn't even try to make it art. It's just like, uh, he's just, damn. It's art because it's expression, because that's what he does to express himself, like, when he sparks up, he's like about to get into the verse to kill a verse. So he's expressing himself. So it just became art on its own. Like yeah. just that's that's art. That's the best art. Oh, that's the best fuck, art, man. Bro. It's so good. That's the best. It's art. It's so good. Yeah, I agree. It's so agree. good, dude. What you you posted? You posted a a fucking Facebook story about some aliens talking to a kid or some shit or talking what? to uh, a what chimp the, and a gorilla, a chimp and a gorilla. What the yeah. fuck? What? Yeah. That's, that's why I thought that I'm like thinking like uh back in time, like what we used to be. What was that? Um, it's, it's like an evolution joke. So it was a gorilla and a chimpanzee 
in the woods and there was an alien uh, craft, uh, a spacecraft in the background parked. And the alien, typical cartoon alien, yeah. is talking to the gorilla and the chimp. And the alien is saying, so you mean to tell me that everything was fine here until your cousins got uppity? Talking about us because we yeah. belong to the primate. Um, Walking upright. That's one way. It, it's almost like a like, double entendre. Yeah, there's different meanings to it because it's like, yeah, when they started walking upright or like when they just got bougie, when they like became the Karens of the world. Yeah. What what was like going through your mind when you posted that? I was laughing I feel, my ass off. I feel like there's like a bigger story around this. No, I was just, I seen it and I, I was like that, that made me laugh my ass off so i just posted it dude i fucking i saw that story you posted and i was like in my head i'm like huh maybe maybe ace has changed sides now and he's on this uh, on the side of oh we're totally fucking this thing up because like when i saw you post that story yeah in my head somebody posting that like if i were to post that story it's coming from a place of yeah it's funny but it's coming from a place of like we're fucking up the planet. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's what he's saying. Everything was yeah. fine here until they got uppity. I'm watching this show. It's called Foundation. Mhm. Um I think it's on Apple TV. The writing in this show is so good, first of all. Like there's a there's a civilization that spans multiple galaxies. Um, it's called Empire, and then talking about Star Wars. No, and then they, and they have a crisis, and then it fractures Empire. So like, now there's like places on the outer reach of the Empire that have kind of like fallen into their own rules or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. And then we get so far into the future, then where like. Technology has like stagnated in some places and it's never really advanced. And even at where Empire is, like it's kind of slowed down. But out in the outer, some of the outer reaches, like they have like faster than light travel because they can jump, but like Empire doesn't have it. So now Empire is like looking like we need to get their technology. And they're like, those places used to be a part of Empire. And the whole time I'm just watching this and there, there's so much good writing in the sense of like there's there's sex scenes and there's a lot of playing to like power and the human experience like of uh, civilizations and emperors and just all the and I'm just watching it and for some reason in my head I'm like Oh yeah, somebody definitely came along and like fucked with us, like to sp- like speed up or alter whatever the fuck we are. <laughs> because I'm like, we really like kind of took off, and like we're still like like your Facebook meme, like we're still those kinda, but we're not anymore yeah and it's weird 
Like, it's really weird. I think there might be something to it, man. Because in multiple ancient cultures, there's stories that have similarities. And that similarity is that these angel-like, giant-like beings came from another place. Or yeah, if you're going to make the case for aliens, God, the, all the religions of the world is a great case for that. And they came down and they breeded with the daughters of the beings on earth. And that similarity is in multiple ancient cultures. Not only that, but in the Bible that we use and read and practice in our American churches to this day, if you flip back to Leviticus and those those books back there, it says it there too, that angels came down and bred with the daughters of men. So I, I really think that like there could be something to this. When you start talking about that stuff, everyone gives all oh, the Anunnaki or conspiracy. Yeah, but <laughs> that similarity. No, if you're going to make an argument for aliens, it's definitely the, that the similarity. Most, yeah, is the, in multiple the global cultures. religion, like all the different religions of the world, kind of all having the same kind of story of like people came down from the heavens, and yeah. that's that's definitely one to think about. But also on the same topic, I think about like dragons like what the fuck happened to dragons then because like the whole world had dragons yeah which is another weird one and people didn't couldn't really communicate like that back then but every part of the world had dragons in their writing is that did they all have the bible too did they all have dragons because and see because of creatures because of reptiles or did we really have like giant sea creatures and stuff, and we really just killed them. Like, well, it might not have been us. There's a lot of creatures that went extinct because of nature. Not because yeah, of but I mean, we have stories of fighting giant sea creatures too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I mean, like you look at like how big a blue whale is, right? And or you see like those those whales. Like, there's a famous whale that has like a harp that had a harpoon or a spear sticking out of it that was like from like fucking. 400 years ago or 500 years ago or it's some wild, shit right yeah, yeah it's like that that kind of shit and then it makes you think like i wonder what kind of fucking sea creatures were living when the resources were more plentiful yeah because you have to think like there used to be way more shit before humans were really like covering the planet there was a lot of resources Especially, like, if you lived in the ocean and you were, like, a big fish in the ocean. Yeah. You had a lot to eat from. You had a lot to eat from. This shit spooks me, bro. That's weird, man. You want to wrap it up? I want to I want to know what you think about dragons. Uh, I've never really been all that interested in them. It's not really. Like, yeah, it's nothing that, like, you know, some shit grabs a hold of me. Some shit doesn't. Um, and I don't think that like, um, I don't know to what degree, but something had to exist in that realm because like I said, uh, 
multiple ancient cultures also have texts about dragons and even the bible has texts about dragons they don't say dragon they use a a name for a beast of that time but that was a dragon and another name that they use is for uh, a sea monster do you uh so it had to be something to it a for fun idea is like I'd like to think like since we can't ever know what dinosaurs were thinking that because they died like we could do a for fun experiment like mental experiment where dinosaurs had language like some sort of complex language the same way like elephants do or something or orcas uh like a lot of the sea mammals where they have like really complex language and they can have deep communication we just don't really get it yeah and then you think about dinosaurs were around for millions of years unlike us who've only been around for a couple you know thousand or how many couple ten thousands couple hundred thousand um you think like what kind of uh things you experience or what kind of how rich and complex is the language if they did speak a language you know what i mean over millions and millions of years and then you think well what if dragons were like left like some leftover dinosaurs after the meteors crashed yeah and then preserved the language up until you kind of reach those periods in time because it was all kind of around the same time too ish a little bit like when you think like knights and whatnot um because supposedly they had a language like it's written about that they spoke their own tongue and you just wonder like could you even make an alien jump because a lot of times, right, dragons were hoarding gold. Gold's like a great conductor. Yeah. Like, it's a precious metal. Like, what if they were hoarding gold to try to build some kind of spaceship, bro? Mm. <laughs> what if they're like the reptile species? Yeah. <laughs> we'll wrap this podcast up. Last question for the night. About the dragons, though, Jordan Peterson says that the dragons and the myth this is all just for funsies. Yeah. Um. But like, my mind is just interested in like, like I said before, like my mind is always more interested in like the inner things of things, and uh, that's what your talk about this whole fun activity you just did. Like, it just made me think of inwardly things, and uh, it made me think about. Jordan Peterson. Jordan Peterson's lecture, and he was explaining what the dragon meant in ancient myths, and the dragon represents that which is in you that you fear the most and needs to be conquered. Like sim, it was symbolism. Yeah. Ooh. And the dragon, you have to go through. You have to get. But through how the, come it's in all cultures? You have to get through the dragon to be able to get to. The gold, the princess, the love, the stability, the security. Mm. Yeah. Very interesting. Well, this is definitely an interesting philosophical way to approach that. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I fuck with that. Um, 
something you probably won't hear me say too much. <laughs> <laughs> Not when it comes to Jordan Peterson. Yeah, <laughs> another one where you normally won't hear me say that. What was your last question? How do you know when the vibe is right? Ooh, tricky. This is a lot of like reading people, reading the room. Um, I'm gonna say some woo-woo shit. So fuck it. Uh, vibes don't lie. That's always been my motto. Vibes don't lie. Um, if you are in tuned enough with vibes, then you have a decent ability to let go. And if you can let go of all these moments where there are vibes, you just listen to the vibes. The vibes will tell you. The vibes will tell you when it's time. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was pretty much gonna say something like that, but I was just gonna say like <laughs> I was <laughs> I was just gonna say like uh, usually there's like a, some kind of spark like you can just tell like I don't know what it is, but like there's a, there's something there's like eye contact there's like uh, s- certain lo- little smiles or like little words that are said like you can just tell like. When you try to pick out specifically what it is, that's where it becomes difficult. But like you said, like, it's just like a vibe thing. Yeah. Like you can kind of just tell. Yeah. Like it presents itself like, uh, but both ways. I think so. It's it almost, I feel like when you're in tune, it's very hard to, uh, miss the vibe. Like the vibe lets you know. Yeah. But I find myself questioning the vibe. Oh shit! And I, and I'll be like, I'll 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 play it off, and I'm like, nah, nah. I'm just imagining that, like, nah. And then someone will do something like they'll come up behind me, and scare, air quote, scare me, and like grab my sides and be like, boo. And I'm like. Nah, and I'm like, I'm the kind of person where like, until somebody's in my fucking face, I will downplay that shit into oblivion. Even though in my head, I'm like, I know what's going on here. Like, I know what's going on here. This person's into me. Like, this person's like doing the flirt games. They're doing all the little things. And then in my head, I'm like, nah, but the vibes are telling me, yeah, 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 you're nay. You like you're talking about like love interests. I'm just talking about like just in general, like because I do have a slightly different opinion about love interests. N- it's n- love interest is a loaded word. Uh, it is. It um, is. But if you I have did, a better one for me, I'll use it. Uh, I'm speaking. Okay, when the vibe is right, like even just when it comes to flirting, yeah. like flirting for fun. And the sport of flirting and people just enjoying flirting with each other and letting that just be flirting with each other. I will always downplay it, even though it's pretty apparent that it's flirting. Yeah. <clears throat> I wonder why. Um, And like with that, those particular situations, I do have a slightly different opinion about vibes. Because for I'm a biological man, so I can only speak 
from a place of what I know. Okay. I'm like, I'm wondering what the next thing you're about to say. No, I just, I want to, I, I want to make sure that I'm like speaking, um, fairly. Yeah. But with the vibe thing, when it comes to attraction and flirting and all that type of shit, biology will confuse a person's ability to read vibes correctly. Which I feel like I take into account, which is why I will always downplay it for safety. Yeah, it's your, that's probably your best best approach, honestly, right? But the thing is, is like I'll downplay it and then we'll be on like number 50 of like the things that are questionable and I'll yeah. still be like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> like... When uh, I think another good one is like when when somebody is I play like mental games with myself, so like I'll be like I'll say nah, but we'll do a fun mental game with myself, and I'll be like this person's probably gonna come talk to me and try to make conversation with me because I know they're interested in me. I'm going to play hard to get and not entertain the, the conversation too much because I know they will come back and try to initiate conversation again, like right. in the next hour or so. Okay. And sure enough, without me even starting a conversation, they approach me. Yeah. So it's like little things like that. I'm like, am I just like... Or is that like, am I playing games with myself? Or are we just like, what's like, I don't think and, I'm, and I'm still like, nah. You uh, you probably feel like you're playing games with yourself, but what you're probably really doing is subconsciously looking for validation in it all. Like, you make that whole scenario up in your head, and then when they do it, that's like, that hits that validation juicer. Define validation juicer. Because in my head, I feel like, I'm I'm already know the plays that are being run. Like it's like I'm a coach yeah. of like a sports game and I'm like I know the play they're about to do and I can call it with like 100% accuracy. Yeah. So then I'm like obviously they are flirting, they're interested in the at least flirting. But we're still going to run defense and be like nah and I'm just going to keep calling the plays because it's fun. <laughs> but like what do you mean validation that that is that what it is is it yeah. validation of self or validating from like feeling validated by somebody else's interest like what do you mean I, I mean it's human nature to try to figure out what's going on here and the more things go the way that you predict them to go the more it validates you that you got to figure it figured out so basically i'm just stroking my brain dick I think in uh, from a certain pers- from one perspective, yeah, it's definitely the ego. That whole game thing, you're absolutely. Playing, which is, it's absolutely. All your I ego. have no trouble admitting that is all yeah. ego. Yeah. But like, that's where I like to keep my ego yeah. because I feel like that's a. Gr- I feel like that arena is a great arena to keep your ego in check. In you don't let your ego outside of that arena because like you're still in control in that arena 
and like uh your ego isn't on rampage outside of it right like it's a safer place to yeah, play around with it yeah. yeah and and you're still calling the shots yeah so like you're like here ego have a little treat have a little treat like that's <laughs> it yeah i don't know it's pretty fun though I, I find I find myself doing a lot of dumb shit like that. Um, I don't do that. I want to do. I want to say though, I don't do that in relationships. Mm. I feel like I pretty much only do this kind of thing like on the. Oh God, that was gonna sound disgusting. Um, <laughs> uh, on what? What do you want to call it? Like um, host ho stage, the host ho phase. I was going to say the open market, <laughs> but like in this case, I, it's not that I'm searching for product. Like I'm advertising myself as product on the market. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So in that stage is where the, the game, the, the mental games happen, the knowing the vibes games. I feel like that's one of the most, um, one of the most interesting places in the human experience is like that stage because it's uh it tickles that like you said that part of the brain where you're like figuring things out and getting validated um and since i do like learning when i don't when i'm not doing a craft or a trade uh learning people like you learn so much about how people operate based off of the way they approach flirting when you're playing the mental like gymnastics game of what I'm describing. Mm. Like you really learn a lot about how people tick. Um, if you can kind of be introspective about the forces driving them to do what they're doing as well as like, uh, the push pull, like, uh, you know, if you do this, this person will do this or like you, you know, if you will say that, like this person will react this way. Mm -hmm. And then you like start deciphering like <laughs> this psychopathic shit, <laughs> like you're psychoanalyzing people. But I feel like we all do that. Like when you're, when you go out, if you go out to a bar, like that's and having conversations with people, like, and you're in the beginning stages of talking with somebody that we all do it. Like that's the part of the human experience in the, in the dating mode or in the beginning stages of understanding somebody where you play those games with people because you're trying to understand each other's psychology and the way each other think. Um, I feel like that's one of the coolest parts about human experience is that little game. Because in that is a, almost like a, when both parties are tuned in is like where, uh, telekinesis happens oh shit and and there's like a real reading of each other's minds like on another yeah. level and i think that's super dope episode 57 of bro therapy podcast <laughs> oh wait 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 before we shout uh close up um all i'm gonna say is uh criminal justice Whew. 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 God damn It's getting hot in here Criminal justice Whew. 
episode 57 of the bro therapy podcast make sure you guys check out two days from before this podcast came out we dropped and by we i mean ace dropped his episode on the ace ford podcast podcast you can find that over on spotify or in the description below thank you guys for hanging out tonight we love you love you guys stay safe